Welcome back to the Refugee Report. Let's talk about the situation in Myanmar. For decades, the country has dealt with conflicts in a tumultuous political climate. However, in the last few years, discrimination towards the Rohingya, an ethnic minority in the country, has severely escalated. The situation is so dire that the United Nations has called it a textbook example of ethnic cleansing. Before looking at how this happened, we'd like to warn you that the information and audio presented may be disturbing. In fact, that is especially the case for this episode. Listener discretion is advised. Myanmar, also known as Burma, is a country located in Southeast Asia. Its coastline faces out into the Bay of Bengal, and its land is made up of both mountainous terrain and a large delta. Its lengthy border meets multiple Asian countries, including Bangladesh, India, China, Laos, and Thailand. Humans first settled in the region 11,000 years ago, and as time went on, it quickly became a popular location for foreign travelers. Myanmar was often along trade routes to both India and China, meaning merchants from the West often passed through the area. In addition to this, more ethnic groups began to settle in the region. One such group was the Rohingya, who have been living in the area since the 12th century. Today, most of the Rohingya live in the Rakhine state. What sets the Rohingya apart from other ethnic groups is their religion. They are a Muslim group in a predominantly Buddhist country, leaving them in the minority. However, in 1824, the British began to colonize Myanmar and rule over all the Burmese people. The British were able to maintain the grip on the region until World War II. The war left the country divided because many Buddhist groups in the country supported the Japanese. This was because some Burmese Buddhists believed the Japanese were a better alternative to the British. However, the Rohingya chose to support the British during their fight against the Japanese. This left many in Myanmar resentful towards the Rohingya. Nonetheless, the British promised Myanmar autonomy, and in 1948, Myanmar became an independent country. Although the British fulfilled this promise, they also promised the Rohingya their own separate country. The British did not end up doing this, and the Rohingya were forced to be part of Myanmar. The years following this, Myanmar was a democracy with duly elected leaders. This changed in 1962, when a military coup overthrew the government. An authoritarian military state was then established in Myanmar. Although this government was generally oppressive, it was especially brutal towards the Rohingya. In 1978, the military began Operation Dragon King, in which Rohingyas were arrested, raped, and had their houses burned down. In 1982, the government passed the Citizenship Act, which prevented the Rohingya from gaining citizenship and made them a stateless people. In 1991, the military even started a campaign called Operation Clean and Beautiful Nation that forced 200,000 Rohingya out of the country. While the Rohingya faced these continued atrocities, there were other ongoing issues in the country. When the military government first took power, many Burmese figures were immediately targeted and killed. One was Major General Aung San, a founder of Myanmar's democratic government. He was the father of Aung San Suu Kyi, a Nobel Peace Prize recipient and the current de facto leader of Myanmar. Starting in the 80s, she engaged in peaceful protests advocating for democracy in Myanmar. She was praised by the international community for her efforts, and she finally gained power in 2015. Despite this, the Rohingya continued to face discrimination. The current Rohingya refugee crisis started back in 2013 when the Arakan Rohingya Salvation Army was formed. The leaders of the militia say they have formed the militant group due to the Rohingya's lack of citizenship and their poor treatment by the government. 
Therefore, in 2017, the group launched an attack on the local police barracks, killing around a dozen officers. The military of Myanmar responded very quickly and launched a cruel retaliatory campaign on the Rohingya. Before continuing, I would like to pause for a moment. Obviously, I've done a lot of research into refugee crises around the world, and as part of this research, I've gone through countless heartbreaking stories, videos, and materials. Although all of that has been incredibly disturbing, nothing quite compares to what is going on in Myanmar. The descriptions of Rohingya survivors and refugees are beyond horrifying. Here are just a few examples. When the military has arrived in Rohingya villages, nearly everyone's home is ransacked and burned. In addition, mass executions take place, with many being killed through decapitation, and villagers described being indiscriminately shot by militants. Also, mass rapes have occurred on an unfathomable scale, creating thousands of victims. According to some accounts, militants have taken groups of women, raped them, locked them in huts, and burned them alive. Although this degree of evil is hard to comprehend, it gets even worse. Listen to the story of Anjwara Begum, a Rohingya mother who lost her children to the recent military campaign. Of her four children, only one remains. Two are missing. The other, she says, thrown into a fire by Burmese soldiers right in front of her. They snatched my three-month-old baby and turned him to ash, she says. I wish I could say the story was an outlier, but it's not. Countless parents have said their young children have been killed by militants, burning them alive, drowning them in local streams, and decapitating them. In addition to this, there's organized hate speech towards Rohingya Muslims in the country. Surprisingly, many Buddhist monks in Myanmar have been especially vicious towards the group. Some of these monks organized marches and propaganda against the Rohingya. Diplomats and humanitarians say that the situation in Myanmar is especially bad and warn that the situation could worsen. Listen to what the UN General Secretary Antonio Guterres had to say on the matter. How bad is the, the Rohingya crisis right now in Myanmar, in it's Bangladesh? absolutely terrible. I have never seen a population so discriminated in the world. You had tens and tens of villages burned to the ground, violations of human rights uh, that are absolutely intolerable, rape in horrible numbers, and this is uh, the worst crisis we are facing in today's world. Because of the horrible situation in Myanmar, over 900,000 Rohingya have fled the country. Most have gone to neighboring Bangladesh, since it is closest to the Rakhine state. During the peak of the crisis in 2017, Thousands of Rohingya were crossing the border every day. However, this journey was often dangerous for many refugees. Those who chose to cross into Bangladesh through the Naf River have described being packed into small boats that often capsize. Because of this, many Rohingya have drowned on their journey. Once in Bangladesh, Rohingya refugees have settled in numerous mega-refugee camps, which are practically cities by now. One camp, known as the Kutapalang Extension Site, has over 600,000 refugees, making it the largest refugee camp in the world. It is hard to describe the sheer size of this camp, and I recommend that you look at one of the photos we've linked in the description. Although this camp is massive, it is a temporary settlement that is not meeting the needs of refugees. Nearly every structure is either a tent or shelter made of bamboo. 
This means there's little to no irrigation or sewage systems. This especially poses a problem because of the monsoon season in Bangladesh. The torrential rains not only create mudslides, but create runoff streams throughout the camp that can easily spread disease. The spread of disease has been made even worse by the emergence of COVID-19. Social distancing in these camps is near impossible, allowing for the disease to be easily spread. In addition to the poor conditions, those in Bangladesh are becoming increasingly frustrated with the Rohingya presence in the country. The refugees now greatly outnumber the local residents, and the price on commodities has dramatically increased. As a result, Rohingya refugees are banned from leaving the camps without special permission. In addition, the government is requiring refugees to provide biometric and personal information in order to receive aid. It is believed that this information is being used as part of a repatriation program to return the Rohingya back to Myanmar. This has come under intense scrutiny because doing so surely would put their lives at serious risk. Some have also attempted to flee elsewhere with over 91,000 going to Thailand, and many have also tried to go to Malaysia, a predominantly Muslim country. However, in order to do so, many refugees take a long boat journey starting in Bangladesh. The traffickers on these boats are incredibly abusive. The Rakhine sailors came on the lower deck with sticks and fan belts and started beating us indiscriminately. The women went silent instantly, but the men kept resisting. They beat us mercilessly, bruising heads, ripping off ears, breaking hands. They wreaked havoc on us. In addition to this account, many claim they were starved for days on the boats and that those who died from starvation were thrown overboard. The situation as a whole has made diplomats outraged because of Myanmar's indifference. The military generals continue to deny that this ethnic cleansing campaign is going on, and some even deny that the Rohingya exist. So you would think that Myanmar's esteemed leader, Suu Kyi, would step in to protect the Rohingya. Instead, she's saying this. I don't think there's ethnic cleansing going on. It's a matter of people on different sides of a divide. Suchi continues to deny the ongoing ethnic cleansing campaign, and she denies that the Rohingya are being persecuted. This has resulted in her being stripped of numerous human rights awards and has led to growing calls for her Nobel Peace Prize to be revoked. This has produced a continuing cycle of conflict and human rights crimes in the country, and the situation will likely worsen before it gets better. However, rather than leave you hopeless, we want to tell you how you can help. Firstly, we ask that you use your voice and start a dialogue about the situation in Myanmar. Many people are shocked when they hear about what the Rohingya are going through. This is in large part due to a lack of attention in mainstream media towards the ongoing crisis. Therefore, we ask you to talk to your friends and family members about what you have learned and to make posts on social media about the crisis. Small efforts like these can shift the focus towards a dire humanitarian situation. In addition, we would like to recommend organizations helping Rohingya refugees that you can support. The first is the Zakat Foundation of America. This organization is working to provide humanitarian aid to the Rohingya and counseling on refugee resettlement. Their link will be in the description. Another is Islamic Relief USA. They are working to set up shelters, water sources, and basic facilities for those living in the camps. They will also be linked in the description. Although we do recommend these charities, we want to stress that it is important to do your own research before spending your own money. That concludes this episode of The Refugee Report. 
If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and share it with a friend. Also, follow us on all our social media at Wartime Aid. Tune in next week to learn about the crisis in Central America. As always, thank you for listening.